Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for Curious Minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I'd like to thank my listeners and also thank the contributors to my show. Without all of you, none of this would be possible. First, I have my executive producer, Candace Sanderson, author of Reluctant Messenger. Senior editor, Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me. Binaural production engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. Whew, it's a lot of words. <laughs> and if you're interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a bunch of information over there on how to contribute to the show. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial, it could be promoting the show or whatever, um, or maybe managing my newsletter, just a hint. <laughs> and um, now, without further ado, our guest for today is Annie Stillwater Gray, and she has written some books on, um, I think they're like Guardian Angel, um, well. S- yep. spirit guide spirit type yeah, of spirit. type of stuff and uh thanks for being on today oh my pleasure truly it's, it's a wonderful show i love the whole idea everything imaginable because i'm <laughs> i'm good for that i'm good for that. awesome um so, so it's, it's spirit guides right that you've written about yeah basically um i published with ozark mountain and it was when dolores cannon was still alive and she thought that using the words guardian angel would make people feel more comfortable. So I didn't, instead of my first book, instead of education of a spirit guide, it's education of a guardian angel, but you know, they're interchangeable. So. So how does the person find their spirit guide or guardian angel to begin with? Well, they find you basically. (laughs) They're always there. I guess maybe I should start with the fact that uh, in my experience, Everybody has one specific uh, guardian angel or spirit guide that's kind of signed a contract to be your helper for your lifetime. And the spiritualists call them the gatekeeper, basically all the same thing. You've got one spirit helper that's there before you're born, help you plan your life, help you plan this, the spirit contract we all sign. And then they just stay there and help you all the way through and depends upon whether you get to know them when you're young or you get to know them at midlife like me, or you don't, when you're ready to pass over, you finally connect, but they're there no matter what. Hmm. Interesting. You know, one time I, um, I don't know, I think I took too much melatonin or something and I was falling asleep and I had this weird vision or, or contact of three guys sitting around the table wearing a sombrero, smoking cigars, and drinking tequila. Okay, and you kind uh, of had a sense these were your guides? Yeah, yeah. I'm... Okay, well, your guides have a terrific sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> you tend to. So it's not unusual to have guides who smoke cigars and drink tequila and play cards? 
they will use whatever they can to get you to recognize them and get you to, you know, vibe them, make sure that uh, you know they're there, that kind of thing. Interesting. They have all kinds of tricks, all kinds of tricks, all kinds of different things they do. Um, one thing I like to make sure people know is that the guides are just energy, but they can project images, like in your case. They project mm -hmm. that image to you because it got your attention, didn't it? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I love it. So they will tend to choose an image that you will can connect with. Uh, so that says a lot for you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a bunch of examples I can use. I I was doing um I was doing readings with this bunch of nurses, and the very last nurse was very young. And she had just lost her grandmother. So the guide, her life guide, I call them life guides because they stay your whole life. That particular young woman, her guide showed herself as a grandmother figure. It wasn't her grandmother because it takes a long time to become a, a, you know, a guardian angel or a spirit guide. But she loved that image. That's what she needed right then in her life. So they tend to project an image that you will love. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking when you when you pass over Gary, you can join the card game. I, bet long, I'm, uh, I guess I'm pretty good. As long as it's not spades, I'm terrible at spades. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> For hearts myself. Right. Um, so, so how did you get in touch with yours? Oh, he started talking to me. Um, I, I was at the time I was living in a in a in a house with uh, just a just a, like a pitcher pump you know no no running water i had an outhouse i mean it was pretty simple living and uh and i had i was at the low point and a lot of people i bet the listening can understand and i was at my midlife i was 42 and i was i had had a back injury i had lost my job i was living alone in this place where i had to pump my water and into a into a kettle and put it on the stove and heat it up to do the dishes which was hard when you have a back injury. So I was in the process of doing that. So doing the dishes and I hear, um, I hear my guide talk to me and he's a, he shows up as a British, a very nice British gentleman. So he said to me, um, you never listen to classical music. You always listen to rock and roll. Why don't we listen to classical music? Cause I mentioned to you earlier, I've been in radio since 74. So I have a huge music collection. And so I went into the next room where the, all the vinyl, it was vinyl then, this is 89, so it was all vinyl. And I just lifted my hand and he guided it to the only Beethoven record I had. Hmm. And I pulled it out, played it, scratches and all. And from then on, and you know, and then I was asking him questions like, wait a minute, who are you? What's your name? And we just, that started it. And we just had a conversation from then on. It took about three months to get used to it, you know, because he, you know, spirit guides have a very high vibration and you have to kind of get used to it. Also used to, because it's telepathy, right? It comes into your head. The words come into your head. So you have to get used to what, okay, that's that's definitely him speaking. It's not me. It's not my thoughts. So that takes a little bit of getting used to. Did you give up listening to Led Zeppelin after that? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Did you, when, when this happened, did you question your sanity? Yes, because I had a back injury. I thought it had pushed me over the edge and I, I'd lost my mind. But I, I got a hold of a, a book uh, that helped me understand what was happening to me. It was written by 
Leah Maggie Garfield. I think they did a second printing on it, but it's called Spirit Companions. And it she's had contact with her guides her whole life. So she was she just helped me understand, you know, that this was real that and, and helped me do a grounding meditation so that I wouldn't feel like I was like floating in outer space and going crazy. So that was lucky. Somebody gave that to me right when I needed it. Wow. I know with me, I thought I was a little bit crazy when it happened. I saw those guys. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I hadn't mentioned it to my mom. And my mom's like, oh, maybe you should go see a psychiatrist. Oh, mom. So, so, I, so I did. I went to see a psychiatrist. And they were like, well, you know, were you, were you taking anything? I was like, well, I took melatonin. And you're like, okay, well, first stop taking the melatonin and right. start keeping busy and try getting, doing stuff outside. So yeah. I, I quit taking the melatonin. I got a job at like a, a, a used car lot working outside. And then after that, my life started to change. Uh-huh. And things started getting really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's good. I'll tell you the next step was, so Christmas, that very Christmas of 89, I don't know if you remember, but there was the big uprising in Romania where they killed the, they killed the whole royal family. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, hearing about that and saying, what is going on? Why, how, how, how is all this violence happening on Christmas day? I was very disheartened. So I went out for a walk and, uh, my guide, by the way, is named Darsaman Stillwater, which is my middle name I took after his. And um, so I call him Darcy for short. And he, Darcy said to me, listen, I want you to meet a master guide. So just be ready. Okay. He kind of prepared me. And I went out for this walk and it was pretty cold. Uh, and the, and the, the master guide started to talk to me. And it really was different than his voice. Uh, uh, Darcy's voice is very kind of down to earth with a British accent where this voice was very much more ethereal and it had like a, a timber to it like you know like little little bells ringing uh, you know I don't know how to describe it really it's it's so ethereal it's, it's hard to really describe earth way um, <laughs> but this guy said um, how would you like to be a leader in the new time? And I was immediately the image of Joan of Arc came into my mind. I'm not sure why, <laughs> <laughs> but I said, okay, wait a minute. What does this entail? Right. Do I get burned to the stake or what's going on? They said, no, no, we just want you to write a book. Um, and you'll meet with Darcy every day and you can write, just write what he tells you to write. Okay. Now it turns out that in a former lifetime, Darcy was a scribe in the Roman Senate. So he's very good with words and he's very good. You know, he's, he's, he's a writer. So I happen to have a guide who is a writer. So we write books. That's what we do. Interesting. You know, besides, besides all my rock and roll life. <laughs> so, so what type of uh, messages does Darcy have? You know, well, okay. The, for the world. The first, the first book is called the Dawn book. There you go. And that was written in 1989, 1990. And it basically, I just woke up at dawn and sat and just wrote down exactly what he told me. It isn't really channeling. I call it a telepathic transcription, right? Because he's giving me the, the information telepathically and I'm writing it down. All my writing is longhand, believe it or not. 
Then I type it into a computer. Oh, wow. It gives me, yeah, it gives me a chance to digest what it is. And, and, and when I put it in the computer, then I kind of crisp it up. So anyway, um, what I like about the Dawn book, it's information from the master guides. And what I really like about it is it's simple, you know? I mean, I tried reading Alice Bailey, you know, when I was, you know, years ago. And you'd read a paragraph and you'd have to, like, go away for a week and come back and read the same paragraph again. I mean, this stuff is, this is easy, easy to understand. Okay. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear a little bit? So you yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Especially if it's, like, step-by-step okay. -step instructions. That's kind of what I need. Okay, so this is um, right at the beginning of the Dawn book, and this is, the, the, you'll love this. I love this one. I read this to, to classes all the time. Uh, so they take an image of a pizza. So the image of a pizza, though much oversimplified, puts Earth life in perspective. It shows that an incarnation on Earth is but one phase, or one slice, in a larger cycle of evolvement, the pizza. An earth life is not an end-all situation, only a step, a phase, a slice of the whole cycle. If we're going to liken the divine cycle of soul evolvement to a humble pizza, then let us at least picture the pie as loaded. <laughs> there are many, many ingredients on the pie of spirit evolvement, many tastes, many sensations, sometimes a little heartburn, a little indigestion. As we ingest our slice of the pie in an earth incarnation, let us chew it slowly and thoroughly, enjoying all the flavors and experiences. If we gulp it down, we do not digest it properly, and what we have taken in is not utilized properly in soul development. And then there's a parenthesis. Pardon this unpleasant image, but we are dealing with gross matter here. <laughs> in parenthesis. We might even regurgitate the ingested material in some way, which could be seen as a setback on the cycle. So you can see how much fun that is and how easy it is to understand. That is very easy to understand. Can I give the crust to my dog? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, In a way, your dog gets the crust anyway, because he's with you. My dog loves pizza. Yeah. It's like his favorite food. Um. Are all these slices of the pie happening at one time? Um, yes and no, because time doesn't exist. We're so locked into linear time. There's just is no time out there. So it's, it's like yes and no, I guess I'd have to say. Hmm. And not that I know much about the other levels of experience, but I know they're out there. Hmm. Um. So, so how does the communication or, or even like the relationship that you have with a spirit guide improve life or make life better? Oh, well, let me tell you. Instantly, my life was better. Instantly. Um, well, for one thing, I was given that assignment, which is, you know, that's pretty important. Oh, you want to be a leader in the new time? Here you go. Write this book. Um, but also, I just, I had something special now. Um, this relationship with Darcy and we have a long time we have it like over an hour right don't we <laughs> oh yeah we got a lot of time all right excellent okay so um one of the first hurdles that I got with, with I had with Darcy was I he told me that he I said I said you know I thought I was so cocky I said to him okay we went around a walk and I said okay Darcy who are you really right he goes 
I'm your husband. And I went, what? You know, and immediately all the static flew up around me and the communication was gone. And it's because I didn't trust what I heard. Um, and, you know, I wasn't with anybody at that time. And I thought, okay, I'm really, I, you know, I really want somebody to be with. So he said that. And like, I mean, I didn't believe any of it. But then, you know, it took about 10 days for us to reestablish the telepathic communication. And then it turns out that we were husband and wife numerous times in past lives. And also we were sister and sister and brother and, you know, all that. So um, he was telling the truth. And then during the writing of the Dawn book, he proposed to me. And I said, come on, you're in spirit. I'm in a human body. How's that going to work? And he said, oh, it will. It will. We only really need one human body between the two of us. And you know, da, da, da. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really out there, right? So I said, no. I said, no, well, let's finish the book. Let's really focus on the work. No, no, no. But the, the thing is, the book got done. You know? mm -hmm. And he came to me again. And he said, let's get married through the veil. You don't know how important this is going to be. It's, you know, and we're not the only ones. And he gave me some examples of other humans that had married spirit guides. So there are other couples out there. So we did. We got married November 1st, 1991, and it was pretty cool. It was a small gathering of, of people who understood what was going on. And so we're this year we're at, what is it, 30 years this year. Mm -hmm. right? 1991 to now is 30 years, right? And we've, we've done a lot together. Believe me, that's only the, the, that's only the drop in the bucket compared to what else i mean look at all the other books we've written and we have a whole other project going on now so wow that's incredible <laughs> yeah my 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 ring is is a spirit ring mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um is he he was in, in human a human prior with you in other lives how did he transfer from being a human to becoming a spirit guide? Well, that's, I had, I had a lot of trouble trying to market the Dawn book. So Darcy said to me, well, let's write a book about me and that will sell the Dawn book. And that is exactly what happened. So the next one was Education of a Guardian Angel. And uh, I sent that to Dolores Cannon at Ozark. And she called me up personally and she said, this is terrific. This is everything that I'm doing, and you've got it exactly right in your book. So that was very valid, like validating for me. Um, and the book is the story of, it starts with Darcy's death, I think it was 1836 in England, and what happens to him, you know, and he, he goes uh, to the plane where we go, I guess, once we're done here, and uh, he gets tapped on the shoulder and said, well, you've done all your earth lessons. Would you like to be a spirit guide? So he, they, they show him what it's like to train to be a spirit guide. They, they take him to different classes and show him this and that. And he decides, he, it's his choice, and he decides to become a spirit guide. So the training, this is the training of a spirit guide is what this really is. And it tells exactly how he's trained and how all the guides are trained. They're very, very thorough. They won't, let, they won't put a human and a guide together unless the guide is thoroughly trained and what I mean by that is they operate from unconditional love there's there's like no second guessing that's exactly how they operate with no hesitation 
they don't judge us, which is my favorite thing, because <laughs> we all screw up, and otherwise we wouldn't be human. <laughs> and so they don't judge us. They just help us get past it. Um, they learn how to read our energy fields. Uh, they, they learn how to heal. Healing is big for people. People need healing all the time, whether it's emotional or physical. So they learn how to, and this is all, of course, energy. Um, so that's why this book is a good one to start with, only because you learn about what the guides are like. So that was Darcy's story. He was asked to become a spirit guide. He did it. And in like chapter three, he remembers me mm-hmm. because we had, we had been together so many lifetimes. And so he kind of planned to be my guide. But it took him, well, you figure I was born in 46 and he died in 36, 1836. So it took him 110 years of, of our time, Earth time to um, graduate to being my spirit guide. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so what was that? Pro- was that like an initiation type of process that he had to go through? Well, yep. He, he basically, they, they describe it as classes because I think that's the way that they figure we can follow and follow along. Like his first class was unconditional love. And they kept giving him test situations until he automatically reacted with unconditional love. Then the next class was non-judgment. Once again, he was given, he was given these, uh, these training sessions where he had to react with non-judgment. And then there's all, there's the whole thing of being able to read energy fields. Anyway, you know, they're classes basically. Mm -hmm. And all the guides learn this, um, Otherwise, otherwise your spirit guide is going to be right there next to you all, all the time, you know, and you may want to have a little privacy. Mm-hmm. I've got a great story. Want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I, was, I was talking to a, um, a classroom of 15-year-olds. There was a high school teacher who loved to bring people in to talk so he could just sit and listen. <laughs> and my topic was women in media because I was on the radio. And uh, basically, I said, um, "Oh no, don't don't do that. You don't get paid very much, and it's really terrible." <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I then we got into astrology because I'm an astrologer also, and I could see that these 15 year olds were way more interested, and they were kind of more engaged. And then we got into spirit guides, and they were on the edge of their seats. So this one young woman kind of halfway back on one of the aisles, raised her hand. She said, so I have a spirit guide? I said, yes, you do. And sometimes I see them. They kind of, I I can see them standing right next to their person. And I I happen to see hers. And I said, yes, in fact, he's standing right next to you and he's dressed in kind of hand-sewn clothing. He looks kind of like maybe one of Robin Hood's merry men, right? All, All greens that could blend into the woods. And she said, oh, and then um, uh, we're talking, talking, and a little while later, she raises her hand again, and she says, so my guide's with me all the time? And I said, yes, he is. And she said, even in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you can, you can ask for privacy when you go in the shower. <laughs> so that's part of their creed. They really want us to be comfortable with them as being a part of, their, a part of our lives, so i got so many more stories. Uh, do, where do you want to go? Do, do we have to, like, for them to help us, do we have to ask for help, or do they just do what they feel like is necessary? Well, 
a lot of times we don't even uh, acknowledge them, so they do what they think is necessary. <clears throat> hey, you okay, Gary? Hmm? You okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, uh, I had a nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they'll try to help you no matter what. Good, but if you good. if you have something on your mind, you can ask them too. I always tell people uh, if you want their help, write it down because and look at what you've written and make sure you you've said what you really mean. And I've got another good story here. Um, I was doing a reading for a, a young woman who was uh, studying to become a doctor, and she really wanted a partner. Right? Okay. So she was one of those gals who would write down a list of everything she wanted in a guy. You ever meet a gal like that? I don't know. Maybe she didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, if so. those, I don't know if those guys and gals ever went out with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she wrote this. She wrote this list, and what do you know? She met the perfect guy. You no, know, he was everything that was on her list, except he was married. Could be an issue. Yeah, of course. So she tore up that list, threw it away started a new list. First thing she wrote down was unmarried. And she started reading her list again, right? She happened to put navigated money well, okay? Notice she put that in the past tense. So she met this great guy who used to be a millionaire, but he lost all the money. Mm -hmm. So she put that in the past tense rather than say he navigates money well. She put it in the past tense so that had been his experience before he met her. So anyway, I'm just, I always tell people that story to make sure that if you're going to write something down to ask your guide, be really sure exactly what you're asking. See, I'm not very comfortable asking for specific things. I'm always yeah. one to say, oh, kind of guide me in the right direction more than asking for things. Sure, that's cool. Everybody has their own way of interacting. Everybody's different. I keep telling people that. Everybody's different. Like some people will never, or they don't start with the telepathy like I did. You know, the telepathic clear audience, you know, hearing. Uh, some people get messages in their dreams, right? Like you. Mm -hmm. some, <laughs> some people uh, get, get visions, right? Uh, so it's, and that's clairvoyance. And it's, it's different for everybody. But as you work with your guide, you can develop the telepathy, which is really the best way to go because you can be really specific with telepathy. I mean, you can hear exactly, you know. How do you One of your other guests talked about how, how do you develop that talent? I, mean, I know, do you use meditation, ayahuasca? What do you do? <laughs> well, again, everybody's different, but... Um, the four cornerstones, I like to say, is meditation is a very good one. You've got to be able to quiet yourself. Um, and uh, let's see, meditation, visualization, uh, prayer, which I always leave up to the person. And, you know, you got to ask for protection, too. When you do this kind of work, you want to make sure you're not going to get, you know, interference from maybe some less friendly uh, spirit folk. Um, I had a, I did a class, a big class of 16 women in the store one time. And, um, I, I, this one woman kind of said, my guy is scary. My guy jumps out and scares me. And I went like, that's not your guide. <laughs> that's in the spirit guide creed. They're not allowed to scare us. So I said, that is some other entity, man. You better use protective light. <laughs> 
what is their creed? Um, yeah, I have it. I can, break, I can read it to you. Give me a sec to find it here. It's right in the first chapter. This is, the again, My Guide, My Angel. <clears throat> uh, or it's actually now called, that was what I called it, Education of the Guardian Angel. That was Dolores' name for it. Here it is. Here's the Spirit Guide Creed, everybody. As spirit guides, we walk in light. We come to the earth plane to guide humans. We work always from uncompromising, unconditional love. We are non-judgmental. We do not frighten or scare anyone. We stay close to the humans we watch over stepping back when they request privacy. We use all our resources as spirit guides to help and to heal. That's it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Um, why do we need spirit guides to begin with? Are we well, are, are we un are we unable to do this on our by ourselves? Um, well, let's let's look at Earth life. We have free will, so it's possible for us to not evolve but devolve, right? Mm -hmm. To lose ground on our, you know, basically we're here to to learn and to for our our souls, our spirits to evolve. So the thing that's tricky about Earth life is it's possible for us to get off track and devolve. So that would mean we'd have to come back that many more times to figure it all out. So the guides are there to help us not go off track too much. You know, I mean, they're, they know that we have our own, our own wills and our own interests and all that, but they're there to try to make it so this li lifetime counts and we won't have to come back and do it again and again and again and again. I've, I, ha I'm, I know my past, and I know I've had to come back and do it again and again and again. So I'm trying to make this lifetime count for me. Hmm. What if I dig my lifetime and just want to keep doing it? Yeah, well, that's that's also something. And I, I, when I signed my soul contract, and that's again in that same book, Education of a Guardian Angel, they show how you choose your parents and how you make your soul contract and your natal chart. Um, there was still there was still karma left that didn't get worked in. So I went, you know, it wouldn't be too bad to come back again to Earth. I really like Earth. But then, of course, then there's the pain, and then there's you know the the heartbreak and all that. But that's that's a part of it all here. So um, yeah, you can you can do what you can on your own, and the spirit guides are there, whether you acknowledge them or not, and they'll try to help you whether you acknowledge them or not. They'll try to help you. Hmm. One of the things that you mentioned is that they are here to help transition us or guide us into something new. Um, well, for one thing, let's let's go to the point that the Earth is in uh, is in a big transition now. Uh, I mean, we can see it scientifically with global warming, but also we're starting to use more of our brains. Right? They were saying, "Oh, scientists say we only use ten percent of our brains." Well, our brains are waking up a lot more now. And open to more things, like the people who tune into your podcast. You know, they're open to more things. Right. Um, and uh, the telepathic center is down from the crown and right here in the third eye. It's right in there. And I tell people, well, you want to learn telepathy? Just get that activated. Say you're standing in the line at the bank. Just put a light bulb in there or take the sun and put it right in there and let it light everything up. If you energize that telepathic center, you're going to be able to do telepathy. And this is not just with your spirit guide. But with your pets, okay, your, uh, you can do it with the 
your garden, trees, plants, you know, even stones, mm -hmm. right? You, you can you can get the vibe and interpret it is what it is. You read the energy and you can get a message. You can interpret it. So telepathy is extremely useful. So is what you're talking about, is it, are you talking about like decalcifying the pineal gland? I don't know if I'd call it that. I just call it energizing, you know, energizing that part of the brain. And yeah, the pineal gland would be part of that. So I don't know, but what's declass what's um, decalcifying? Well, they say that, that it becomes calcified from the fluoride and the water and some of the stuff that's in our food to help block the third eye from being able to function. And there's different ways of decalcifying it, such as um, like eating a lot of citrus, um, mm -hmm. uh, there's sun gazing, uh, meditation, sacred right. geometry, um, oh. using vibration like binaural beats or um, you know sound, different crystal balls. Yep, yeah. different types of light therapies. Yeah. Yep, I think I've automatically been doing that, <laughs> and I, I eat organic as much as I can. I grow. I have a huge garden. I'm a gardener. I grow a lot of my own food. So, you know, and I live about an hour from the Canadian border. So I live way out there, Gary. I'm out there. How do you I'm glad do our connection's good. You're in, what, Vermont? Nope, Maine. Maine. It's cold. It is 43 degrees. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I love the winter. I love the snow. It's my best season. Oh. I lived in New Jersey for almost all my life. And now I live in Alabama. I can never go okay. back. I can never go back to the cold. See, I don't like the hot. I don't like the hot. Take it away. Yeah, I'm all about the hot, humid weather. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it decalcifies my brain. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Works for you. Um. So the Earth is transitioning. When when you, when you say this, are, are you talking about like? the Gaia sort of awakening and, and creating a um, going up levels in vibration yes to another like into another like a fifth or fourth fourth or fifth dimension yes the earth is already increasing in vibration and people who aren't tuned into it who aren't like meditating or you know raising their consciousness um, you know, they're going to be left behind and they're going to be ill. And already we can see how many people are freaking out these days. Um, and the other thing is that uh, there's a theory that when the earth reaches a certain vibration, the poles will, will shift. Mm. The North Pole will become the South Pole. You, I'm sure you've heard it. Um, mm. In fact, I used to sing with this comedy a cappella group called the Twatones. And uh, I wrote a song called We'll Be Doing the Hulu When the Poles Shift. Doing. So then Maine would be tropical. See? Mm. Then you'd move up here and be with me. <laughs> <laughs> if the poles were actually to shift, that would be the end of civilization, wouldn't it? it would that, be a mess. that would be, that would be yeah. an, an extinction event. It might be. It's certainly think about all the things that are magnetic. They would all go crazy. Yeah. Yep. So well, it could be. GPS I mean, wouldn't work anymore. I'd be getting lost. <laughs> Nope, it wouldn't. So there's all kinds of possibilities. Um, but the Earth is definitely increasing in vibration. You can feel it with the, with the warming climate. And uh, we all know that uh, 
a stable civilization has to have a stable climate. So, Do you think that there are fifth dimensional beings living here on the planet or even inside the planet also trying to raise the vibration? I don't, I'm not sure about inside, but def they're definitely here. The thing is that people don't understand there are other levels of e energy on this planet. In fact, um, I was talking to my friend who said she got out of her car and everything, she lives by a stream, but everything was quiet. She looked over and there was a, there was a Sasquatch, there was a Yeti right mm -hmm. there. And she had transitioned to another level of energy here on this planet. And so, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on that, we're, that we don't even know because we can't tune into it, although some of us do. Right. But, but those different, but the, the cause of that is vibration. And we switch mm -hmm. over from vib our consciousness switches over to vibration and our dimension sort of crosses over into another one. Or sometimes maybe their consciousness shifts a little bit over to us to kind of meet in the middle. That's possible. Yep. You know, so the other, the other two books for Ozark were about nature spirits because that's been my, that's been my um, work with Darcy since 2001. And, uh, you know, basically bringing in nature spirits. You see humans and nature spirits, and you know, some people call them elves, some people call them fairies. It's hard because those terms have so much connected with them, you know, uh, you know, you know, already images and stuff come to mind. So I just call them nature spirits. But there was a definite connection between humans and nature spirits in the ancient world. Mm -hmm. And they helped humans and they helped humans start gardening, you know, growing things. Um, and what, I'm, what my job is now is to try to get humans back to that place where they can connect with nature spirits. We certainly need it now. How, how can somebody do that if they live, like, say, in Manhattan? Well, you have some plants in your house. You go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that helps a little. It does help a little bit. But, but, it's, not, but it's not like living in the country. Nope. No, but that doesn't mean that they're not around. Some of them like the city. Are you in a city, Gary? No, I am in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I'm definitely in the country. Yeah, me too. So you got no problem. They're all around. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, communicating with the elementals. Um, like I, I've done quite a few... Actually, I was just talking to somebody the other day. She has some kind of device that she connects, some kind of electrical device that she connects to plants, and she can hear the plants sing. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Send me one of those. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they actually make it. They, you can buy them online. Okay, I'll they're, have to look for that. They're kind of expensive, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Although I managed to do it without that, but still I'd, be like, I'd like to know about that more. For instance, look at this right here. Look at all the fairies <laughs> in those blossoms right there. Aren't they beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> they how, say hi, Gary. How do you keep those alive in Maine? Oh, they're, you know, they're seasonal. They come and they go. They come and they go. We had snow last night, and they're still looking good. It's amazing. Yeah, they're, they winter over. You get to learn what winter's over and what doesn't. Hmm. Wow. Um, with the guides, um, do they ever give bad advice? 
No, they, and remember, they're not allowed to trick us. However, uh, they're not allowed to mislead us. However, they will, they, they will trick us sometimes to get us on the right path. Like, I feel like I was tricked into moving to Maine because I was doing drive time in Hartford, Connecticut on WHCN. And uh, all of a sudden, this opportunity for three DJs to move up to Maine to be on w, uh, WBLM came up. And I said, and, and what had happened is they just had put in the superstar format. You know, I got into radio because I like picking the music. You know, I like, I like, I like, I like, uh, you know, playing playing Pink Floyd, you know, and, and at the two records at the same time and phasing them, that kind of thing. I went, I, I want to do my own thing, right? I want to pick the music. But the superstar format came in. So we had to pick cards from a file and play them and put them to the back and then play the next one. Put them. And that was boring. Right. That was totally boring. So I'm, I moved to Maine so I could do, you know, I could pick my own music and do my own thing. Of course, it changed everywhere after a while, but, uh, that was the, how they tricked me to come up here. And now, of course, I love it. This is really my home. I've been up here 40, when did I move up? 70, 77, wow. I moved up. I've always assumed that radio now is just all digital. Yep. In fact, I stopped doing commercial radio in 99 because all I was doing was putting my voice into the computer. It was all printed out. On, you know, They printed all the sheets out. I just put my voice in the computer for a day or two days and then I could drive around and listen to myself you know talk about the music so um so what I'm doing now is uh community radio my husband and I helped start a community station in 2015 he's the program director I'm the music director and people love it they love it we can't they, you know we can't shut them up they keep sending us money <laughs> that's great <laughs> So that's that, that. So I'm retired now. I mean, you know, I'm almost. I'll be 75 in July. So, you know, I'm on, I'm on Social Security, the best, the SSI, um, and so I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. I love it. Don't have to work for the boss anymore. <laughs> what role does music play in all of this for you? Well, I told you the very first contact yeah, with the classical was, music about music he liked classical i mean he was from he was from 1886 so he's not going to know led zeppelin you know but he he tolerates my listening to all that stuff i'm really into new music uh, that's why i'm the music director of new music i listen to it all the time um it just it fascinates me it's like having your finger on on the pulse of of the time right by listening to what people are doing musically so you know i get my head blown exploded with tune yards you know and uh soothed with uh who, who can i pick there Bodie, right so you know I, I just love it i'm a new music freak do you like post malone post malone yes absolutely i don't listen to much new music i don't know it's weird i didn't even know there was new music out there Oh, yeah. Okay, there's a new Lake Street Dive. Uh, Van Morrison has had three new ones in a row. Um, who else? Um, oh, I, I could get my playlist and talk to you about it. Hmm. Anyway, there's a lot. I have, <laughs> I have more. I have a pile to review even still. I, got, I just got some new stuff today. Oh, he's, my husband's giving me the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Sonia Midtune, Mark Bryan. 
Nikki Parrott, Michael Jonathan, Lake Street Dive, Warren Dunes, Tokyo Tramps. There's a trio for you. They started in Japan, went to New Orleans, and then ended up in Boston. Hmm. Tune Yards, this is the kit. Custard Paws and Mr. Freezy. <laughs> <laughs> so you see. So you see there's a lot. Ah, I didn't know that stuff existed. Hmm. Yep. Oh, gosh, there's all kinds of great stuff. Oh, and you know what? If you like uh, Led Zeppelin, um, there's a band that does New Orleans versions of uh, a number of their tunes. I don't think what their name was. But um, then there's uh, uh, oh, Steve and Seagulls, right? Mm -hmm. They do bluegrass covers of ACDC and Deep Purple. Oh, yeah, I've seen you know, them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love them. They, I just when they do, did my Sharona, I doubled over laughing. Fast, <laughs> right? My Sharona, my Sharona, right? That's Not amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been listening to a lot of Captain Beefheart lately. I know the Captain very well. You do? Have you ever met him? Sure. Well, no, I haven't met him, but I know his albums, and we used to play them all the time on the college radio. I started at the University of Connecticut College Radio, University of New Hampshire, University of Hartford, and then I went to University of Connecticut, did college radio for a while, and then people keep kept saying, "You should, you should go into, you should do this professionally. You sound really good on the air. You should do this professionally. <laughs> you have a good voice for radio too. I'm sure you know that." Yeah. Um. Wow. So, so you've actually listened to Trout Mask Replica? Oh, yes. Absolutely. You got a favorite from that one, Gary? I can't even really name a song off of The whole thing is just sort of... Yeah. It's yeah. just a big... I don't know what it is, but it's good. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> one of our DJs likes to play Hair Pie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Does, has the musical taste of your spirit guide changed? Okay, let me ask him, Darcy. Yeah, he finds he finds the modern day music interesting. Was the word he used? Uh, I think when he asked for the classical, he was trying to set the mood so that we could connect. <laughs> but, he, but I don't I don't really listen to classical. I do I do listen to some zone and new age stuff because. I'm the new age director at the other station I'm on. So, mm -hmm. and plus, oh, the other thing I should say is my husband and I have been doing a syndicated radio show for that we're in our 21st year. It's called the General Store. We pretend we run an old general store on the border of Maine and Canada. And we have different, it was sort of like a, a combination of Northern Exposure and um, Prairie Home Companion, but set in Maine. And, uh, you know, so I interview gods and goddesses and uh, archetypes like Old Man Winter, uh, the Sandman came on one time. He was great. Hmm. Uh, and and then I would pick a theme and we play all music around that theme. Uh, this week's theme was morning, so I interviewed a morning DJ and uh, had a lot of morning songs. So we've been doing that for 21 years. Going to start 22, coming up here, and um, it's just uh, you know main stations I have and two stations in New York, so it's. Um, but people can listen online because it's on the internet too. So, yeah, I'm on the internet also. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the way to go. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, 
So if the spirit guide, what if a person doesn't trust their spirit guide? That's the big, that's a big stumbling block right there. You know, I usually start my talks by saying you have to have trust. And I end my talks by saying you have to have trust. And if you don't, it's just not going to be working. It's not that your guide's not going to try to help you or try to open the way for you. But if you don't trust it, then it's, it's going to be a lot harder for it to work out. And I understand that. I really do. Because I had the same problem at the beginning. I didn't trust what I was getting. You have to trust not only your guide, but you have to trust what you're getting, you know, telepathic, telepathically. Um, you know, I wasn't trusting what I was getting, you know, and I would say to, to Darcy, I'd say, well, you know, I trust you, Darcy, but I don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any difference between, you know, what, you call, what you're calling like a telepathic message or receiving information from your guide versus just listening to intuition? Well, intuition, if you have very strong intuition, that'll help. But you know what I tell people for starters, I say, look, do a little test here. Uh, is there something you want to know? Is there something you want to see or learn? Is there something, you have a question for your guide? Okay, just write it down. Make sure it's what you mean. Let it go. And then see how fast your guide brings you the information. It could come in a TV show. It could come in a podcast. It could come in a magazine article. It could come from a friend. But your guide will work to get you that answer or information, and you don't have to be doing telepathy. You could start today. Just ask, you know, say, okay, I want to, I want to learn this. I want to know this. And what do you know? It's the next show that you have, Gary, and it's mm -hmm. and the person tunes in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, does the spirit guide connect with any particular chakra? All of them. But again, um, telepathy, telepathy is the top, the top two. Yeah. So those would be the ones really to focus on. That's what I, I would think also. I've read other books, though, where you say to kind of use um, like the root chakra, for, not the root chakra, but the solar plexus chakra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't really, you know, this doesn't feel right to me to, to, for yeah, that type of mean. work. Well, there, there are exercises. Another nice thing about the Dawn book is there's exercises and uh, visualizations and stuff you can use. And the idea is to raise the energy up the spine mm -hmm. up to the heart chakra and above. Because if you're below that, you're really dealing with just nuts and bolts, earth on, life on earth. And so you got to get the energy up to the heart and above. And you can do that with breath in all kinds of ways. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of exercises to do that. But yeah, I think... Hard and above is really what you're aiming for here. Could my could the spirit guide answer the question on the existence of extraterrestrials, or, or is yes. it sometimes that extraterrestrials are multi-dimensional beings? Also, some of them. All of that is possible, Gary. I really think that it's all possible. Yes. Hmm. The thing about spirit guides is that they have a very specific task. You know, they're linked to one human and to watch over that human and another thing i wanted to mention is that as your life changes you, you know and you stop selling used cars and you go go on to do a podcast your life guide will bring in other guides that will help you so i have more than one well yeah most people do but your life guide is always there it's like a traffic cop you know okay you can come in now for a while and help with this and okay now you're you're done you come in 
I was, I was giving a, a talk at the Ozark Mountain in their transformation conference. And I said, your spirit, I was talking about how your spirit guides with you all the time. And this very handsome gray-haired man stood up and he said, mm, my spirit guide left me. I said, no, that's, that couldn't be. He goes, yep, I'm a pro golfer. But when I retired, uh, my spirit guide left because uh, my spirit guide was the one that was helping me make all those great plays on the golf course. And I said, no, no, that wasn't your life guide. That was somebody your life guide brought in when you decided to be a pro golfer. And since you've retired, that particular spirit guide has gone elsewhere. But your life guide is still there. So you have one, you have them coming and going. Sometimes I sit down to read for somebody and they have like a tribe. You know, they have so many tribe and they all want to talk. You know, so I always say life guide talks. And then if anybody, if, if the life guide wants somebody else to say something, then okay but i let the lifeguard have a charge is there a way to hire one of these guides <laughs> for a particular you purpose you know <laughs> like, i know you don't like to ask for stuff Gary. but yes you can absolutely <laughs> what do you what do you have to pay them with attention attention yeah focus attention yep yep interesting so i could pay a spirit guide to make me the greatest podcaster ever. Absolutely, they would. They will help you, but you, again, you have to focus on you know on what they're bringing to you. I think you're doing pretty good anyway, Gary. I am. I am, and I will. <laughs> and I will make it into the top one percent in the world. I'm sure. Yeah. Beat out <laughs> New York Times. <laughs> so, could you give me a reading? Um, I'm not really prepared for that. I really do a lot of preparation before I give readings. Um, well, you do have a lot of guides helping you out, I think. I, I get the sense, but, um, and I also like to, oh, I so much like to be in person. That's why I haven't done any readings in this last year. Yeah, but I see, I see you already picking something up. <laughs> you have, you have a lot of help and whether you know it or not, you have a lot of help. And also, you know, connecting with people like you connected with me, it's, you know, you, you connect with the right people and that's also can come from guided help. Mm -hmm. You know, the right, some people think it's coincidence, but no, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, ha it happens. It happens through the energy. I will I want to tell you one other thing. And this, um, I'll, I'll picture this. I'm at a, I'm at a table with, uh, a lot, all the different presenters at this Ozark Mountain Transformation concert con conference, um, with all these other authors and presenters, and I'm sitting next to Dolores Cannon. And so we took questions. We all spoke a little bit, and then we took questions from the audience. First hand goes up, and they they say, "Do you have sex with your spirit guide?" Asking me. So Dolores Cannon said, yeah, we, we don't usually publish books with that much sex in them. <laughs> <She says>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he, that's what Darcy meant by you only need one. You only need one human body because mm -hmm. I can move your energy around and so on and so forth. It's pretty pleasurable. I will say that. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that, that, that is described in the book to somewhat um, and uh, I had I had to just I was 
kind of giggling there. <laughs> she said, but I know why it has to be there because sex is a part of human life and our guides help us with that. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so it had to be in there. It had to be in the books. So she saw that. She recognized that. So, yeah, First question, though, man. First question. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the deals I made with Darcy is that then I could have a human husband, too. I'd say to Darcy, look, can you move my firewood in, you know? Can you help fix my car, you know? Can you give me a ride to la, la, la? So I said, he goes, I'm, I'm, not, I'm doing my part on this side, right? Mm-hmm. So um, three years, uh, two years after I married Darcy, I met my current human husband. And uh, it's worked out great because he's busy. He, you know, he's so busy. He has a full-time job. He runs a radio station. So, you know, and then there's Darcy, who's always there when I need to want a companion or something. So it actually works out good to have a spirit husband and a human husband. No jealousy? Darcy is my spirit husband, and Andy is my human husband. So, so they don't get jealous of each other? Oh, heavens no. Spirit guides don't get jealous. No. That's, that. nope, nope. And Darcy's good with it. I mean, Andy's good with it. We Our first date... I gave him the dawn book. <laughs> so I said, "This is me. You got to know. You got to know about this." So, yeah. He, so he knows. He knew from the get go that I was, you know, I would be somebody to be on your podcast. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Pretty cool. You, yep. you, Everything you know. imaginable. <laughs> so, so with, with, with the spirit guide. Do you ever get lonely? Never. Nope. But again, remember, I can ask for privacy if I want. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, Darcy and I ask for privacy. So the other guys aren't horning in. <laughs> um, so, so that would mean that anybody, really, nobody should feel lonely. Correct. I use the example of driving across the desert, right? And you're, you're, you're all alone, except no, you're not. You got, your guide is riding shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. Your guide's right there. So I would imagine, like, that, that's probably, you know, a main problem for depression for a lot of people is that they just feel alone. That's right. Yep, especially during this last, this pandemic. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have had to stay alone. And um, I, my job is just to encourage people to know their guides, to welcome them into the family, to get to know them, to, you know, it's, everybody's different, like I said, so it'll go differently with everyone. But the, the goal is to know your guide and to start to be able to interact, embrace your guide, um, and work with your guide. So I haven't even told you the big, I haven't even told you the big thing yet. What is the big thing? <laughs> well, after we were married for a few years and after I married Andy, Darcy came to me and said, um, I got another project for you. I said, okay, I'll listen to it but I'm not agreeing to it automatically just because you brought it up. He says, okay, well, the nature spirits, the elementals, they want some help. I said, okay, I can see help. And the earth really needs their help and we need their help. And I'll listen. So he says, well, have you heard of the seven avatars? Have you heard of the seven avatars? No. There's one, evidently there's one for each. um, You know, there's a human one. There's an elemental one. You know, there's for each level or something. And I don't know that much about it because I was, they focused me on the, uh, the nature spirit or the elemental avatar. 
And uh, Darcy says, well, um, you and I are going to bring that entity into the, into the world. So basically, he was asking me to have a child. So um, th there's the second book is all about that. That's the third one. The second book is all about, there she is right there. See that? Mm -hmm. is about is about her um and why she was how evolved she is and why she was coming back to the planet to help and you know and it was a very interesting process bringing her in basically we were fostering her really but i went through a whole energetic pregnancy too it was wild she her and her energy was so high that you know, I was vibrating all the time. I'd have to go out in the garden and put my fingers in the earth just to be able to, you know, ground myself. And then after she she was born, um, October thirtieth, two thousand one, and that was right after nine eleven. And the guides told me that what happened with nine eleven is there was this great whoosh of compassion that went over the whole world because of what happened, and that set the stage for her to be able to come in again because her energy is so high so unfortunately the war started <laughs> before she quite got here but it was okay it worked out um, but that whole i remember that i remember right after that happened in 9 11 there was so much compassion right. so many people were affected yeah um and then of course so her name is mri uh like emerald but mri mm -hmm. and she will if you really want to work with the nature spirit, she will help you. Her job is a communicator. She's a communicator. Um, and so if you want to know the nature spirits, you can ask her for help. Then, of course, she comes to, to Darcy and says, you know what? I want some siblings, right? So that's the third book. So altogether, there were seven more. Mm -hmm. The first four are communicators and the second four are healers. And let's see. Uh, so there are 11, two sets of boy twins, and the rest are all uh, females. Um, and the last one was born in 2014 because I was pregnant when I was at the, that transformation conference in, uh, in Arkansas. Um, so, so since then, they've, they've grown up. I mean, MRI is, is going to be, uh, she's going to be 20. Wow. So, so, yeah. so what is it like giving birth to a spirit being? Well, it's all energetic, um, mm -hmm. although you definitely feel it. You definitely feel it. And I had a lot of help. They had, uh, again, this was all for the, um, the elves. Let's call them elves, easy enough. Uh, and they, um, I had uh, an elfin midwife. I had a lot of help and I just did what they told me, you know. Uh, and, and then they, they pretty much take the entity and raise it. I mean, I, I did see, I do interact with them, but... Um, you know, I have my own life here, and let's face it, uh, we're born humans to focus on Earth life. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So they, so they basically take it, and but I, I would see them that they, they would have classes. I have an orchard. My orchard has never done better since those elves <laughs> were out there working, because they were training on my fruit trees. You should see the peaches I had last year. This is wow. Maine. I had, I had two, I had bushels, bushels, and bushels of peaches last year. So. You know, so I wanted to get that in because talk about, you know, any everything imaginable. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never heard of, 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 a, of a human giving birth to 
um, an energy being before yep. or an elemental. Yep. I always just assumed yeah. that they did it on their own or it just that they were sort of, they came into being when like a tree or a planet plant comes into being that they just sort yeah. of come along with that. Well, don't forget that they're, they have souls too. Mm-hmm. And that basically what I learned was that um, the, the elfin beings, they come and they stay for hundreds of years. So when they come through, they need to have a, a well, in my case, they wanted a human so that, because they were going to be communicators. And then the healers, they would have to know the earth vibration really well. So they evidently spirit guides, part of their job is to bring the nature spirits down uh, to, to the planet. I don't know. I wonder if it happens on other levels of learning. But I know what I know what happens here, and so they're not actually they're not actually um, created or sprung up out of a tree or a flower or something. Mm-hmm. But they're actually fostered. They're actually brought down. They're they're trained too. I do believe so hmm. into what they're going to be doing. Do you think like a tree though could foster an elemental? Well, or one of these beings. Actually, I mean, the, if, a, if a person can, I guess any living thing could. Well, maybe, sure, right? Uh, and everything imaginable. Um, but I know that the, the elves particularly um, take care of the trees. Mm-hmm. That's their job. The, um, the fairies, well, let's call them, they, they are really into the annuals, the, the flowers. Um, and, you know, and then there are other, it goes on and on and on. But I, I specialize in elves. <laughs> They're the ones I've been working with. And they do mainly perennials like bushes and trees, but they really work with the, the vibration of the plant. Um, and I don't know. I'll ask. I'll ask them. See if a tree wants to, you know, bring down a something. You know, an elemental. That's an interesting idea. I will pursue that. Who is responsible for the weeds in my yard? <laughs> Wild Mother Nature. <laughs> I am the only yard on my block that has a ton of weeds. <laughs> well, weeds can be beautiful. Like plantain is, is uh, medicinal and, you know, uh, St. John's wort's medicinal and they're all considered weeds. So, you know, yeah, you never. My, my friend is a, an herbalist and um, I remember she was being interviewed for something, and, and the, woman, the woman came along and said, oh, I see you don't weed your garden. She said, what do you mean? That's plantain. I use that. What do you mean? That's, you know, she was pointing at <laughs> saying, I, that, that's not a weed. That's valuable. So, you know, eye of the beholder, I guess, Gary. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, my grandfather used to make wine out of, out of dandelions, so. Now, dandelions can, can be food. Yeah, you can eat them, too. You sure can, and they're supposed to be really good for uh, for cancer and you know the, all kinds. Of, I've heard I've heard my friend go on and on and on about dandelions. She's been on my show a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, does the guardian angel or guardian spirit communicate with higher angels, like archangels, ascended masters, and things like that? Your life guide or guardian angel has access to the master guides, the higher angels, all the levels of angels, plus all your past lives. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Darcy used to entertain me with is uh, we go for a walk and you tell me about one of our past lives that we shared. 
like we were astrologers together in Egypt. I was his teacher, right? So he, he, said, uh, he said to his mentor, he said, wait a minute, if she was my teacher, why isn't she here and I'm on earth? And the answer, of course, is I screwed up. I devolved. <laughs> when is the next time Mercury goes into retrograde? Next time, I think it's the end of June. I know it's, oh, it's June, I think. Oh, no, you having something special happen then? No, I just, every time it happens, things are just a mess. They turn into chaos. You, yeah, you must have Mercury prominent in your chart. What, what's your son? Uh, I'm a Capricorn. Okay, okay. So you probably have something in Gemini. Maybe uh, maybe your moon, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is when it, when it happens, I know it's happening. Yes, me too. Absolutely. So don't buy a car when Mercury's retrograde or Mars is retrograde. Mercury, it's going to be a screw-up with the paperwork. I can't the leave the house. What's that? You can't leave the house. Oh, that's pretty bad, Gary. You should send me your birth information. I will. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'll, I'll, I'll do up your chart and take a look. Yeah, because it's bad. I, I mean, just my whole life just falls apart for like 20 days. Well, you are a communicator, and that and Mercury rules communication. So, mm -hmm. so you know. Uh, is there any way to stop it? Well, can we just can we just blow it up? Yeah, really. I've thought that too. <laughs> but one thing you can use Mercury retrograde for is going back over something, or it's supposedly a very creative time. So if you want to do something creative, you can do it during Mercury retrograde. It should go okay. Uh, uh, pretty much everything I do is creative. There you go. I mean, I'm, I write, I do podcasts, yeah. I play music. Oh, you do? What do you play? See it? Oh, the guitars, yes. That's just some of them. <laughs> wow, how much fun. Well, what's your favorite kind of the music, rock and roll? Um, I mean, I grew up on like heavy metal and punk. Nice. Um, but I'm also like a really big blues fan. I mean, mm -hmm. I love all types of music. Me too. But 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 I was still I'm still sort of stuck with the heavy metal and punk rock. Mm-hmm. Just the outrageous yeah. theatrical stuff. Well, there you go. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. Like something happened. Like I was a, I don't know, maybe ten or eleven years old. I was watching TV, and it was like the first time ever I saw Alice Cooper on TV. Nice. And, and I was like, "That's what I want to be when I grow up." Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> School's out. You bet. <laughs> yeah, I think my mom was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not a drummer, Gary. She would have moved out. Uh, she she was actually supportive. She bought me my first guitars and all nice. that stuff. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, you would have really loved my uh, comedy a cappella group. We were outrageous. You know, we dressed in in fifties prom gowns and rhinestones, and we would we changed peppermint twist into feminist twist. You know that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you would have enjoyed it, I think. I guess I was kind of like the opposite. I played in a punk band called the Scumbags. and Nice. 
Good name. Fought with the audience and did uh, guitar solos with a vibrator. Wow. Now I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, the kids used to like it. Sure. It's outrageous. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed, though, with the music now, though, there isn't that much stuff that's outrageous. Well, Tune Yards is pretty out there. I was joking with my brother that she's trying to explode our heads. And she does a pretty good job. Hmm. Um, yeah, but you're right. There's nothing really on the edge. Uh, the, the, Tune Yards comes to mind mainly because she has a new record, but um, who else can I think is really outrageous? Oh, well, uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Custard Paws, uh, no, it's Custard Paws and Mr. Freezy. Uh, they do some pretty outrageous songs. There's one song that's like, all I want to do is get out of the house, right? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people could identify with that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's out there. Hmm. I don't know, but not as much as before, I agree. You know, we don't have um, the clash. We don't have the, you know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. If you come across something, let me know. Have you ever heard... Acid Mothers in the Temple of the UFO? No, but I'd love to. There you go. I mean, they're, they're not actually new. They've been around for like 20 years or so. Really? But they're, they're really cool. They're, they're, I think they're Japanese. Yep, yep. I just reviewed a Japanese band, Tokyo Tigers. Um, so what's the name again so I can find it? Acid Mothers in the Temple of the UFO. In the temple of the UFO. Okay. Just yeah. Let me note. I think they got like <laughs> something like 50 albums out. Wow. How come I haven't found them? Where are they from? Are they? Did you say they were from the UK? Japan. Japan. Okay, Japan. Yep. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like a combination of, of music and noise. Noise, yep. Oh, well, how about Negative Land from San Francisco? Yeah, I've heard they, of them. Yeah, you've heard them. They mix, uh, you know, spoken word with sound effects basically mm -hmm. a lot of repetition i've been playing they have a new one out i've been playing the world will decide mm -hmm. <laughs> i guess maybe so okay good do, do you listen to any doom uh no is there anything new from them no, no doom is like a type of music a type of music yeah, sort of it, like it's kind of like uh the bands that fallen out category would be like electric wizard um okay. clutch Death metal? Not death metal. It's okay. it, it's more southern. It's it's more okay. it's more earthy. It's, it's slow usually. Okay. It, it's usually all sort of like sounds like Black Sabbath sort of. Okay. But That's slower. Good. I've I've <laughs> I've heard Black Sabbath and the Deep Purple and stuff. So. My first concert was Deep Purple. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Back in 1984. And now look where Richie Blackmore is, huh? Now he plays like that classical Baroque stuff. Yeah, he does. He Renaissance. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's night. I've been playing that too because that's new. There's one song on there where he, he, he just lets go on the electric guitar, but there's only one. Mostly <laughs> it's that Renaissance stuff. Yeah, he, he really likes that kind of thing because like, it's the complete opposite of what he would do with deep purple exactly like, like yeah. deep purple he would just go crazy yep, yep. especially well, wonder... live yes oh 
You must have loved that. Your first concert being Deep Purple. Wow. It was awesome. <laughs> I wonder if his wife had something to do with the change. <laughs> I don't know, though, but he always liked that type of music. Because like, he did Blackmore's Rainbow, too, which was more yes. of that that type of style. So It was going in that direction. Yeah. Now it's sort of in, be, in between Deep Purple and Deep Purple. Yes. And, and now Blackmore's Night. Yeah. Well, cool. they, cult following anyway, they do, because people dress up in the Renaissance costumes and all of that. So, yeah. Okay, so we talked about all my books. I think we did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but before we wrap it up, you got to tell my listeners where to find you. Okay. All right. So my website is spiritguides.cc, and you can remember it just by... CC the Spirit Guides. It's letter C, letter C, right? So CC the Spirit Guides, you can go there. And then I have like three Facebook pages. Um, if you go to Education of a Guardian Angel is one. And then um, uh, it, and Annie Stillwater, Gray Author is one. So any of those will get you to me. And there's, you can email me. People do all the time. Cool. Uh, if, you email, right. if you send me an email with all those links in it, I'll put them in a note to this episode so my listeners can find you. Okay, very good. And my email is real easy. It's Annie at welcomeradio.com. That's my, my radio show is a Welcome Radio. So I'm a radio person. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. It was a pleasure talking with you tonight. Oh, can't tell you how much I enjoyed it, Gary. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and, and I apologize for me being a little bit tired. <laughs> I could tell, but it, but you're engaged. I'm glad for that. <laughs> my, brain, right my brain's you're not right. working as fast as normal. I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of got off on a music tangent there, but hopefully the listeners enjoyed that too. Yeah. Well, almost all my podcasts go off on some kind of tangent somewhere. So my <laughs> okay. listeners are definitely used to whatever. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on, and hang on one second while I play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists is first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.